season two of F Size, the annoyingly award lacking number one cybersecurity podcast, according to Muscle Car Poetry Magazine. And, you know, the most annoyingly money losing not for profit venture <laughs> this side of, oh, I don't know, starting an airline. Yeah. Welcome. And F Sides is focuses on the human side of cybersecurity. So, Jason, did I say that more human like? Because you always give me a hard time about that. No, you still sound like Monty Hall or somebody selling a used car on a lot. The human <sighs> right. side of cybersecurity. Well, I did go into radio voice, like the human side of cybersecurity. That, yeah, that, that's exactly that's, what that's you the did. voice I like to do. But okay, so, uh, so Jason, what do we got on today's today's schedule? Well, you know, more talk about moving the elephant in cyber, where we talk about, you know, what it takes to, to get the emotional part of cybersecurity going with uh, organizations, teams, people. And today, actually, have you watched the show, What We Do in the Shadows? Are you I familiar with that? seen the movie probably 50 times. I've watched a couple of episodes of the show. So I, but tell 50 me. 50 times. At, Don't exaggerate. I least, told you a million times. Yeah, at least 50 <laughs> times this week. Uh, no, I've, I've seen the movie a lot, seen a couple episodes of the, the TV show, but probably not as many as you a, have. They have this great TV show, great, great premise, and they have this character on it, on the TV show that wasn't in the movie. And it's, uh, it's this dude named Colin. And they call him an energy vampire. And the funny thing is that we all know people like this in our lives where someone, it's the people in the office that corner you and talk to you about their most boring existence day to day that you're like, Oh my God, I have a million better things to do than listen to this person who's just sucking the energy from me. And so I was watching this, uh, the last season finished like a, a few weeks or a month ago. And it just reminded me of how much that Colin character is equivalent to vendors and salespeople. Mm where they just suck my energy. So I thought we could talk about that and maybe even give Paul and Jason's tips to salespeople of how not to be an energy vampire and not how to make <laughs> me really regret getting into cybersecurity. Yes. Or, <laughs> or having except, a LinkedIn profile yep. or having a cell phone or an email address. Yes, because I, I think we've all had that happen. And, and look, I, I think you and I both understand People have jobs to do. Totally understand that. I have no problem with salespeople trying to do their job. It's the approach sometimes that is, it, it just doesn't sit well, right? And it's not taking into consideration the other side of that communication. It's only considering their side. So absolutely, yeah, because that's what an energy vampire is, right? Is somebody who's just consuming energy from you, but not providing any back or giving you any and anything of value in return. Totally get it. I, I totally get it too. But you know, it's the I'll get I'll give the anecdotal example of what just bugs the crap out of me are the the LinkedIn for one the LinkedIn connections that say things like Hey, I'm just expanding my professional network and I found your profile to be quite interesting, so I'd like to connect with you. And then as soon as like Okay, great, somebody who's in cybersecurity. No, I sometimes I used to not have the time to go look at their profile. I just assume, oh, great. Someone is in the industry. Connection. Yeah, absolutely. Let's connect. You know, you can, I mean, my stuff's public anyway. So yeah. yes. The more innocent then, days of LinkedIn, right? Yes, Where you could just yes. accept and you assumed on premise. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And there wasn't, there wasn't a bunch of fake CISOs for Freshworks. It was my <laughs> current company, a hundred of them. Yeah. But yeah. So you say yes. And then lo and behold, the next, the next LinkedIn message. Hey, so I'm selling a product and it's a sales pitch. Mm. I'm like, you know, you could have led with that and said something, sent me the message to be like, hey, I've got an interesting product you might want to check out. Or, hey, have you heard of our product? It's something I think is a good fit. Let me know. 
And then that would be an easy, no, I don't have time. I'm not interested. And we can move about our day. But I really don't like the sheep and wool's clothing approach that salespeople use with LinkedIn to try to ping me first. So I guess we're going to list pet peeves and what things not to do as a salespeople, as a salesperson. Don't, don't pretend to be connecting for a relationship of professional when it's really just to pitch me or to sell me on something. Oh, totally agree. Like transparency in any relationship is important, but you know, I, the ones where you don't even give me enough, um, say enough to me to show that you care about me. So for instance, I'll get these uh, same thing, right? Like, Hey, I thought I saw your profile was interesting, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and then the, the first email they send is, Paul, I see you are CISO at blah, 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 right? It's totally a form letter and says, you are probably very, it's like, all right, if you're not even going to bother to try. Now, I've seen some innovative um, salespeople, which, you know, they'll create a video for you where they're holding up a whiteboard that says, hi, Paul, like to personalize a little bit. At least those people put a, a couple seconds oh, those in. are. You know that's all CGI, right? Well, that they literally that's do the why same I, video, and then it they they pay someone to go put the name of who you're sending it to. Well, I want to see a, them yeah, say my name and stuff, so I don't just append because uh, I was suspicious like that too. On like, okay, they probably have something, but if they're saying my name or saying, "Hey, Paul, this is," you know, it's oh, a, or they verbally tell you the name, not written down on holding, that paper while and, they're holding it, saying, "Hey," because they want to get your attention with the right. Visual, okay, so. yeah, yeah, but I've seen the ones where the name is just swapped out. <laughs> and they're using the card on the name to do it. They're not even, it's, it's the same recording. And then they send it out to, you know, 200 people with a, with a tag. But, well, but hey, let's, it's, it's, it is creative. <laughs> yeah. Let's admit, right. I mean, so I think you and I can both admit cold calling is very, very difficult, right? Like when I was in the Marine Corps, I did recruiting duty for, um, a temporary. Oh my duty. God. Did you have to cold call for, was for that 30, cold calling? for 30 days, right? So they let you, if you're a brand new Marine, you can spend 30 days helping recruiters, right? And you get to stay at home right after boot camp. So I did that, and cold calling was probably the Ooh. most difficult thing I have did. Have you read in that the book, Thirty Days in Hell? Have you read that book? No, I've Thirty not. Days in no. Hell. No, it doesn't exist. You should write it because oh, that okay. is literally what say, you're talking about. I've never about. heard of the book. Uh, Thirty Days in oh, Hell wow. as a cold caller for the Marines. Yeah, wow. that like trying to get like uh, you know people to join the military, like cold calling them. I would just get all kinds of fascinating responses, and um, so that was just very very tough. So you know, in today's market, we're you know, it's so saturated with vendors. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine. So, listen, I'll give kudos well, for one, to Cold vendors. calling should be dead. Cold calling, nobody should be cold calling anymore. That is not the way to get a hold. Do you answer your phone if it's an unknown number? No, I sure don't. No, not anymore. Yeah. I no, mean, like, and cold it's calling's gone. But dead. let's say new cold calling is LinkedIn sending notes without knowing anything about the person. You know, I've had people actually read a couple of my blog posts. I'll see they'll like them, some of the vendors. They'll like some of my posts and then come in and say, hey, I saw your post on that. It's like, okay, at least you're spending a minute. That's not like a true cold call, you know, so let's put those people in a different category. But the vendors who just blast out stuff, you know, to me, that's not a good way to start a relationship. Or if I'm already a customer of yours and you're sending me something saying, hey, would you like to see more about our products? Like, I already use your product, right? Like, to me, those are the oh, vendors yeah, that are... Oh, yeah, number three. <laughs> yeah. I get that constantly. I'm like, you, you guys, you got to update your uh, CRM yeah. <laughs> to yeah. realize, oh, we already sell to their company? Did no. not know that. So I think what, <laughs> what I'm saying, and I think what you would probably agree with, is like, get to know who you're talking to. Because the way I think about it is like online interaction 
interactions should be very similar to in-person interactions. I wouldn't go to you and say, hi, Jason, I saw you from across the room. I, I liked your shirt. And then, you know, you say, oh, okay, thank you. And then now it's like, okay, now I can sell you stuff. Hey, would you like to join my multi-level marketing scheme of selling knives or whatever, right? I mean, you would, there would be a little more interaction. I'd try to get to know you a little bit better, et cetera. You know, and I'm going to go, I'm going to, I like, this is, this is why we make such great podcast hosts. Cause I actually disagree with that a little bit. I don't care for them to know me personally because I know they're just trying to sell me. Well, when I say personally, so I used a, I used a interaction at a personal level, but when they should get to know your business needs, right? So I'm not saying they should know like your family, but they should understand like, are you really looking for a new spam solution, right? Um, versus just saying, assuming that they know what your needs are and then te- are telling you what your needs are, are the worst case using the, a recent, whatever recent breach happened or that's in the news and saying, I will prevent this for you. Right. Oh yeah, I, I'm 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 not on your side with that one. I like eh, I don't even want them doing that. Like, I, let me reach out to you. I, you know, and then and your the the dilemma which I can see it in your in your head is like, well, then how what are salespeople supposed to do? Or how are they supposed to know. expose their it's, product to you? That's, that's the not, thing, right? right. And I'll tell you, I'm not, it's not my job to tell them how to do their job or to give them the path forward for this. But I'll tell you, it's, I don't like cold calls. I don't like LinkedIn unannounced. And now hopefully my LinkedIn announced, unannounced drops if anybody's <laughs> listening to this <laughs> or increases just out of spite. So but, we'll see. You know, I, I have seen this work in one way hmm. and there's a, there's a conference I go to. It's actually one of my favorite conferences and no, I'm not touting it or you have to go, but it, it is. It, they, they pull a different approach to this. So if, if you're not in cybersecurity, um, there's, we have a bunch of conferences or things like called Black Hat, RSA, these huge conferences with a bunch of people. And what, what they typically do is they'll have booths. These are like the things you see for, um, expos. Like what's the big one in the, the big electronics one in, in oh, Vegas? CES, right? Consumer elect, CES, yeah. consumer electronics or PlayStation, Xbox. So it's this big floor with product and salespeople just sit down in front of it. And we as people, I actually hate these things because then I have to go around and all they want to do is make eye contact with me to start talking to me. I'm like, no, leave me alone. It's like a, it's like imagine a, a hundred car dealerships <laughs> on a trading room floor with oh, wow. car salesmen. And I, I can't stand it, but it's the only way that I can start learning about new products that are out there. And I prefer that than people hitting me up on LinkedIn. But what I've seen done and it's an awesome idea is what that's called a reverse expo where I get a booth with a high chair and a desk so I can work on my laptop, you know, cause we're all, we, we all want to answer emails while at these conferences we're doing work. And every five minutes, a new vendor comes by and pitches me, says, Hey, this is what our product does. This is, this is how it works. Are you interested? Is that something your company would need? I'm like, no, it's not. And within 30 seconds to a minute, we know it's not a fit. They move on. But for the ones that is a possible fit, I'm like, yeah, actually I am looking. That is a problem I need to solve. Tell me more about your product. And we spend the next four minutes to see if it's, it's almost like speed dating. Interesting. But they like come to me. Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you got a minute to pitch me. And that's all I want to know is if, Hey, just tell me what the, I don't, you don't need to tell me you like my podcast. You don't need to say, Hey, great shirt, which Paul, by the way, that is a great shirt. Thanks. You, you don't too. have to say that. You just need to, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, you just need to, where'd you get yours? No, yeah. just, wait, I think we know that. <laughs> yes. Um, you, you don't need to pitch me. Just tell me the product, man. That's the end of the day. That's all I care about. Well, I don't care about your, you know, okay. So let's the do personal this. Thing. So maybe, maybe there's a better way. Cause what I just heard you say is you want information quick. You don't care about banter, which I'm the same way, right? I don't, I don't need banter. I do. If I do have a second conversation, I expect that you will listen to what my needs are, et cetera. But you know, so would a, would something you would recommend to vendors would be just to get to the point and just say, 
I have a product <laughs> yes! that does X, Y, yes. and Z. Are you interested? And then oh, and the things. Uh, yes. The, but but if you don't, I would say, are you interested? If no. Or if yes, let me know. Otherwise, just shut the communication down. Because I've gotten the vendors who check will yes say, or no, or, or who say, <laughs> "Can you please or um, let me know?" Or put something on my calendar, right? Or or do other random, you know, unacceptable things like continue to hound me. Like I sent you an email two weeks ago. Are you not interested? Oh, you're gonna oh, you're gonna eve number four. You're gonna have the, the a multiple. Massive, yeah, yeah. If I haven't responded after four emails. Dude, get it through your. If I've ever responded after two emails, replied. but it's like, yes, I've had dude. one where I it's like, you're going to have massive problems or you're going to lose your job if you don't do, you know, or you're, something bad's going to happen to you. It's like, all right, now you've made sure that I remember you in a very, very negative way versus yeah. uh, an indifferent or positive way. And the ones that try to do it funny by the fifth email, they're like, hey, you know, just in case you're option A, you're trapped under something heavy or yeah. you're out snowboarding. Woohoo. Like, oh, dude. I please. think you and yeah. I probably get all the same vendor things, but, uh, you know, so it's almost just like a regular relationship in, in a lot of cases, right? You want transparency. You want to understand what the person's motives are. And then you want to have an honest conversation <laughs> with them. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Let me go back to go that. Go ahead. <laughs> that was, let's hear it. That was, Bring it. That was so Paul. It was. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like a relationship, like with my wife. I want to know what your motivation is. <laughs> okay. Why are you dating me? <laughs> you know what the motivations are in social situations. I would hope so. so. Yeah. Well, Maybe not always. Her. I mean, I've seen uh, some of those, uh, these recent shows on TV. <laughs> lately so you never know but no, i mean trans listen i think it boils down to transparency just be transparent right don't play the games and and whatnot agreed so tips for tips for salespeople: don't play the game you just be just be open and honest tell me you know for me paul might be different man but i just just give me the elevator pitch of what your product does and then i'll decide if it's if it's a fit or why i should why what sets your product apart because you know we get hit up for the same product line let's say sast you know we get up we get hit up there's probably 10 20 companies hitting us up for sas well why would your product be any better than the other product what's the differentiator and you got to be able to do it in a paragraph yeah that's we are we as professionals are challenged to not overword things and make things very simple to understand for both our audience and our executives and our team you got to be able to explain it so somebody can understand it well salespeople, you got the same challenge you got to do it in a short period of time and you know give me that bullet point list of why should i even give you a second glance okay so they get the door open jason right so they've opened the door they've gotten through the first jason filter how can they be successful Ooh. in talking to you on the next stage right the first yes, meeting i'm rubbing my hands I know, on I this i can see you that you're excited about, you this, about this go ahead i'm glad you ask this this is because this is a pet peeve of mine too when the first call is with a salesperson who knows nothing about the product no i ask him a technical question mm. of implementation well does it do this and we really need it to be able to do this oh well now, let me let me get one of my sales engineers on the next call like so you just wasted 15 minutes of my time why don't you start with the sales engineer in fact i would almost argue that maybe you should just replace salespeople with sales engineers they should all know the product. Just like Office Space, you have to have someone who can talk to the engineers and the people and, you know, make everyone communicate. Well, no, sales engineers can. I believe the sales engineers are that role. True. And I don't need us because the salespeople is that cheesy, hey, how you doing? What? That's not. It, all it is is telling me about the product. A bad salesperson. The sales person. engineer. 
the sales engineers 90% of the time sell me on the product, oh, not the salesperson. But a, a good say, a good salesperson, I think there is a lot of value in good salespeople because they know who to pull in, who to make sure is available for you. They know how to navigate the internals of a company and can be a really good ally. Um, if they stay with you after the sale, if they're truly just transactional, I just want to get a connection and make a quick sale. Absolutely not good. But if they want to develop a relationship, help you understand and maintain your business, salespeople are invaluable in my opinion. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I pleasantly and happily, even though you cool shirt, I disagree. I think. <laughs> okay. Like look at it like a, like a auto, like buying a car. Yeah. The salespeople, when you ask questions about it and they don't know, I want to walk away. I'm like, how do you not know the product that you're selling? We both agree with that. There's no disagreement. You should to know. To me, that's the same you, thing for the salesperson. Well, the salespeople, the, but okay. So the salespeople, I would not expect a salesperson to know every detail. Like, okay, how do you implement it in this size organization using these types of types? I mean, there's some things that you, you know, you want. I get there's a level of depth. Sure. Okay. So we agree I, on that. I get, I don't even get basic level, like where I ask a simple That is a bad salesperson. I would agree with that because you don't even know your, you don't even know what you're selling at that point. So I would agree with that. You have to have a basic knowledge um, of what you're trying to sell. sell. So totally agree. And the majority that. of times for my tip, get the sales engineer on the call immediately. Like they should be your secondhand man. Then if you've, you've got the cold calling down, you started the relationship, that first call, have a sales engineer on it. Okay. Let me see. So, wasting my time for 15 or 30 minutes for you just to be, oh, and the, the company background pitch. Oh, I was oh, just going to say that. You stole my thunder. <laughs> yes, oh, come yes. on, Jason. Take, take it away, Paul. I'll hand it, I'll hand, okay, I'll so, hand the mic off yes, to you. Yes. Okay. So if I tell you, cause I've actually told this to vendors, like, Hey, I don't, I don't need to see the company background. Like I trust that you're going to have good people, right? Cause they feel like they need to build confidence and trust. If I tell you that, feel free to skip the first 35 slides talking about your founders, right? I mean, for me, because I've had vendors where I've said that, <clears throat> they totally say, well, you really need to know this. It's like, okay, now now you're telling me, like, basically, it's like going to a restaurant and you telling me, no, you don't want it medium. You want your steak um, medium rare. It's like, no, I want it medium. No, you want it this way. And here's how. I'm going to describe how we cook it. Just like, tell me what's coming on my plate, right? So the vendors who don't listen to you, especially at the very beginning of the conversation, that's not a good sign for later relationships. So yes, that is a pet. So Jason had 19 pet peeves. That's probably one of my biggest ones. <laughs> you got one? Yeah, okay. I got one. 19 to one. I'm, I got, winning. I got I'm winning. I'm winning. More I'm winning. than I'm that. Winning. But, uh, but no, I mean, so it's just like, uh, you know, listen, you know, be transparent, like to start the relationship, be transparent, but also continue to be transparent. So let me ask you, so Jason, now that they've gotten in the door, you're interested in the product, you know, they've sold you on some stuff. What's, what's like the next thing you would look at, like to have, a, cause I've seen you oh, with yeah, some vendors, yeah. you have great relationships with some vendors and I've seen you mm -hmm. like totally like, Oh, I, I'm not going to talk to you. Like not rudely, but you know, I am not interested in this. So what makes that, you know, those vendors that you are have multi-year relationships, their, what is their it? product? Okay. It's the product. It's not the sales relationship. There, there's only one salesperson I've ever had a good relationship with. It's not the sales. It's the product and the and the support and the the actual what they deliver. You know, I'll I'll, I'll mention vendors that I'm happy with that I've been with and they're big names. So it's not like this I'm is not, not an endorsement, favorites. by the way. But it's not ahead. an endorsement. But CrowdStrike is great. Exonius is amazing. Um, Wiz, awesome, and that comes through what their product does for me. What problem it's solving? The the ability for their product to do it great. Because sometimes you've had products where you've tried to roll out and you're like, oh, this thing is just is not 
you know, what they promised mm-hmm. or what they sold in the, in the POC, you know, it's like, it ends up being a lot more complicated. So it's, to me, it's, it's 90% the product. Uh, let me rephrase that as part of the product. I also mean customer service and support. Yeah. So the technical support I get with the product is another critical aspect. Cause I've had great products that you can't get support to save your life and you end up, nope, you know, and that's, it, that, that's a shame of a lot of companies that they, when they're growing, they'll start off with good customer support, but as they scale, yeah. they put so much money into marketing and sales. They don't, you know, because there's no tie to revenue for that customer support experience that people get and making sure that, that, you know, it's consistent as they grow. I think a lot of security companies challenge with that. I'll say uh, Rapid7 was my experience. So now I'm like dogging a company, but they were great in the beginning eight years ago. Then they scaled and their customer service dropped off the planet. And we ended up having to leave them because we couldn't get the quality of support that we wanted. So it's well, a scaling issue with a lot of companies. So the, the salesperson can make or break the the whole relationship, right? If they overpromise um, and it doesn't deliver, even if it's a great promise, it sounds like you would be uninterested in that product or it would sour you on the product to the point you would accept another alternative because, you know, if you can't trust them, right? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's sales and delivery, right? Those are two separate functions in most companies, most businesses. And I've been on that side. I used to run managed services and what we'd have, you know, okay, here's the sales aspect of it. And now here's where we got to put our foot where our mouth was <laughs> and actually deliver on it. And if those two aren't in alignment and the salesperson is giving promises that the that you, they can't deliver on, that's going to break. Okay. So with that, what tips would you give for the overall? So we gave tips. You and I both gave tips on how to start the relationship. What do you think about um, maintaining the relationship? What's your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. That's another great one. Um the <laughs> oh, this one's gonna be interesting. On I've never one. heard that noise come from you before, uh, so this is good. The, Go ahead. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like the customer service levels, even from a sales perspective, is based on revenue. Right? It's who's my biggest customer. That's who I'm gonna spend the most time with. The eighty twenty rule, and that does match. Unfortunately, that twenty percent, the the bottom twenty percent, or no, the bottom eighty percent of your you know of your sales, who you're selling to could be the 20% next month or next year. So if you discount and you give different levels of service based on, you know, oh, it's my biggest customer, so I got to really spend time with them and hit them up, or you're only spending, you know, 1% of what I got to do for sales on me, I'm not going to even take the time of day, I'm going to walk from your product. So as a salesperson, I would, my recommendation is treat everyone equally with the same amount of care and feeding. Touch base. Don't leave me hanging for six months. Let me know what's going on with your product. Like, hey, Jason, you know, we haven't talked in a while. I don't know if you knew, but there's some really cool product updates. And don't rely on the delivery aspect, which a lot of companies do. They'll say, oh, we have that. That newsletter goes out mm. every quarter. Don't you read that? <laughs> nah, yeah. dude. I don't read the emails I get in my inbox. But yeah. a sales or it never even got to my inbox in the first place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Proactively reach out. And that's this, that's the ability to AOV, average uh, order average order value to increase, where you, you can tack on, you know, oh, hey, uh, Jason, yeah, we just released a new product. I don't know if you saw it. It's pretty interesting. Oh, no, actually, I didn't. What is that doing? Oh, hey, that fits something, and let me take a look at it. Well, I don't think vendors, uh, some of the vendors I've talked to, some do, but some don't um, think long-term, right? Because I had a vendor who mistreated me when I was a system administrator slash security person um, in the 90s, and I still remember that vendor. <laughs> the and 1890s, I, Yeah, Paul yeah means. 1890s. Um, it feels like the 1890s now, but... Um, you know, it, they mistreated me early and my team early in my career. 
And I've held on to that since. I will not use that vendor. And it's a big vendor. And, you know, so treat, you know, the, the person you. And unlike me, Paul doesn't name names. No, I won't name names. <laughs> but, you know, so the, you know, how you treat the security analyst now. We'll come back and affect you as a company, but also even if it's, I mean, really bad salespeople you remember. Um, and you don't want to be remarkable for being bad because, you know, that person will become a CISO one day or the person buying products. And yeah, it's not going to affect you this quarter, but you're in the long term, you're, you're going to lose some sales. Pet, pet peeve number seven. Oh, wait, this would be actually seven <laughs> D, but go ahead. Oh boy. This one, this one, you're going to, you're going to, okay, if you don't agree it. with this, I'm, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> okay. We're ending the podcast series if I don't agree so, with Jason. Yeah. When you're like, uh, as Jason is talking to the vendor, I'm talking to the vendor and I go, okay, yeah. So what's the, you know, what's your pricing model? Yeah. And they come back with, well, what's your budget? Oh, God. Oh, yes. Oh, don't tell me how much cash I have in my wallet to tell me what the price of that car is. Yeah. Could you imagine Ooh. going to a car dealership and them saying, how much do you have? How much you got? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's like, okay. And that happens all the time. What's your budget? That's like oh, off of National you... Lampoon's vacation where they're trying to get the tires fixed after launching in the Grand Canyon. Right, like it's like how much you got, right? And he ends up yeah. paying like nine hundred dollars yes. for four bolts. So that tires. that has happened to you. It's oh, not just I, me. like I think if you've been in the field for more than a week, it's happened to you, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it seems stop like- doing that. So anybody listen to this? Stop doing that. Give us the retail list. You have it. We know you do. What is the retail list and what's the pricing model? Is it based on headcount, license, usage, whatever? Just give us the retail. We know that we're going to negotiate with our vendor or if we have a VAR direct. We know that. Just give us the so we have something to start. Yeah, with. we don't need. A dramatic reveal like is. on TV, right? Like, okay, yeah. and here it is, right? We've been talking for six months. Here's how much it's going to cost you, right? Tell me up front because it'll say bo- – it's almost like um, salary negotiations, right? It'll save both of us time if I know that I'm not – you know, we're not even in the same sphere, right? Like if I have a $100,000 bonus or budget and your tool for the base costs 500000 let's just end the conversation now, right? And I'll respect you more and maybe if I get $500,000 next year, I'll come to you. But if you play games with me, I'm – I'm not going to use you yeah. personally. Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Yeah. You know, we probably, I, I, Jason probably lost some listeners. <laughs> yeah. some well, maybe a couple. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe so many vendors won't be liking our podcast anymore because that was a way in. Please, please like our podcast and listen, yeah. regardless of our opinions on vendors. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember too, in season two, we have a, we are closing out the season with a very special episode where we are going to take questions and answer them from across either first season or second season. If you have any questions for Paul or, uh, or I, or of one of our guests, mm-hmm. you can send questions to F side, F sides questions, all one words, F sides questions at I 70 T E C H.com. You can also just go to F sides.com. Like it says on Paul's shirt, and you'll see there they'll have the email address to send the questions to. And we're going to have a dedicated, a whole dedicated episode to answering your questions. And you'll get a shout out live with your name. Yep. And so I please do, it. do send your uh, questions. We're looking in. forward to Don't questions. Don't be shy. Yes, because Jason yes. and I definitely want. Uh, we're running out of content. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, we're really trying to figure out what to add. No, well, we have tons of content, but we do want to hear your input. And you know, it's it's good to get feedback from others, right? And and maybe help steer the direction of season three. And beyond. Yeah, that's another use of it. You're like, hey, maybe you should interview me. Yeah. (laughs) Send them in. Any comments? Awesome. All right. Hey, this was great. Thanks, everybody. Vendors, behave. Be good. (laughs) Yes. And and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. (laughs) 